0: And Carrie. Nobody asked for it, Carrie. Nobody fucking asked for it, <laughs> but
1: hey, my podcast, and I'll say what I fucking want.
0: <laughs> Two people just winging it in life, and this podcast. So enjoy this week's episode of History of a Haunting.
1: Guys, guess what? What's that? We have a Patreon Patreon? Yes! We have a Patreon now, and um, if you don't know what a Patreon is, a Patreon is sort of a um, a crowdfunding source oh. for um, creators and artists, musicians, things like that, um, where their fans and their followers can help them by subscribing to monthly donations oh, nice. to help them fund their projects. Okay. So we have a Patreon now, and um, unlike other creators on Patreon, we only have one donor level. Um, and I'm gonna let Archie tell you about that donor level. Oh God,
0: not again! Hashtag Team Snort Laugh <laughs> gives you exclusive content.
1: It does, yes. Um, we like Archie said, it's all for him because um, his snort laugh is the most popular part oh of our God. podcast for life. I know. I know. You're adorable though. The, <laughs> the people love the snort laugh. Oh, Christ. Anyway, our donor level is called hashtag team snort laugh, and it is just $5 per month. Um, if you want to donate more than that, you certainly can, uh, but the minimum donation level is $5 per month. Every monthly donation that we receive does help us to go toward um, offsetting the cost of running our podcast, purchasing new equipment, going on paranormal investigations. There are some locations that we actually want to record episodes on on location as well. Yes. Um, And it'll also go toward helping us continue to promote our podcast. Which
0: most of what promotion we've had has been word of mouth. Mm -hmm. And getting a little more than that would be fantastic.
1: Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. For sure, for sure, and even if um, if you're not able to uh, support us through a monthly donation right now, if that's not something that you can afford, um, spreading the word about our podcast and our Patreon really, really helps. Even even sharing the links we put out on
0: Facebook, Twitter, Instagram.
1: Yeah, forward those on. That really helps. Um, When you become a Patreon donor, you get access to exclusive content that nobody else receives, including early episodes you get access to the episodes earlier than everybody else along with um all of our videos and things that we're going to be doing when we do paranormal investigations um plus you get a bunch of fun stuff like stickers and we've created a history of a hunting bingo card and (laughs) it's got you know archie snort laughs on it and just something that you can do for fun as you listen to the show so um we want to uh thank you so much for all of your support and all of your Um, location suggestions and the reviews. We are doing this for you guys. We have so much fun with you every week. And now, let's get to the episode. Alrighty. Hi, guys. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. We are back from our holiday break, recording brand new episodes for you through 2020. And we have got a really great lineup of locations. Um, I think we've got our locations planned out through February, and they are fucking amazing. <laughs> They're a lot of fun. Today's episode is insane and uh, we can't wait to bring this one to you. But um, yeah, so happy All 2020. Right. We have a lot of new stuff that we are bringing to you um, in the new year and uh, one of the first things that you noticed was we have a brand new logo. Uh, my son Koi drew the logo for us and he worked very hard over several weeks, um, and several suggestions and adjustments and tweaks and this and that from Archie and I, um, and he did a phenomenal job. We are so pleased with so it. So pleased.
0: Also, we have a new intro.
1: We have a new intro. Yes, we have a new intro and that was done for us by our friend Skip Hurst. So we want to say thank you so much to him. Thanks, man. It was awesome when he sent us the like even just the rough mix of it. We both almost fell out of our chairs. Carrie was, hasn't stopped listening to it I since got it. I really <laughs> haven't. It is just just phenomenal. So we're super excited about that. So thank you very much, Skip. We love you. Um, we are so appreciative that you did this for us. And thank you to my son Coy, who doesn't listen to the podcast, but we have thanked him a million times for his his um, beautiful new logo that he gave us. So. Yeah, we've also got, as you guys already heard, we've got the Patreon, we've got the new webpage, we're going to be bringing you listener stories in the last Wednesday of every month. Uh, Just a bunch of fun new shit that we are (laughs) coming into this new year with.
0: Can't wait to see how it goes.
1: It's going to be amazing. I am super excited. So, Archie? Uh, We should let the audience know that I, once again... (laughs) Did something that I don't know what I did. But basically, this beginning part of the episode, we are re-recording. So we have to, we are actually re-recording this beginning part because um, upon listening to it, with all of our fanciful, or all of my fanciful things I'm planning for this episode, we lost the first part of it. My, my part. And part of mine, if that makes you feel better. No bad. No bad, yeah. (laughs) Uh, But all of Archie's part. (laughs) (laughs) So we're having to re record it, and we're actually re recording it four days later than we originally recorded the episode. And since the original.
0: Well, yeah, yeah. Since, since that time, we've both gotten deathly ill. <laughs> we've both gotten sick,
1: so we sound a little different. Um, that's that's why. So, sorry, guys. Uh, but, yeah, anyway, but let's try to hit so much. we Arch, go. <laughs> let's tell them where we're taking the class today.
0: Today, we are going to talk about the Enfield Poltergeist, which is actually a listener's suggestion from my friend and listener, Edward.
1: Yay! Also, by the way, we need to give a big shout-out to Edward because he has become one of our most popular guest hosts. We get a lot of messages and stuff from folks that love the Ohio State Reformatory episode because they think Edward is absolutely hysterical. Oh, awesome. So, thank you very much, Edward. We can't wait to have you back. And our listeners can't wait either, so...
0: Great. Yeah. So, the information that I got came from uh, encyclopedia.com. I had to fix some errors that you pointed out to me, but...
1: (laughs) Good job, encyclopedia.com. Right. But you could sponsor us if you want. We're full of errors. We have to
0: fix. (laughs) So, the the Enfield poltergeist is the one that, for several years, disturbed the home of a family in the Enfield section of London in the 1970s and has become one of the best documented incidents in modern parapsychology. Mm -hmm. The story began in 1977 when Mrs. Hodgson and her four children moved into their new residence in Enfield. One August evening, after putting the children to bed, Mrs. Hodgson was called to their room and witnessed a large chest of drawers move. She returned it to its place. Returned it to its place. Wow. It's called medicine. (laughs) And it moved again. And then knocking was heard. She called the police, and when they also heard the knocking coming from the walls, and saw a chair move. The phenomena continued for the next week. A priest and a medium were called in. They could do nothing, and the knocks on unusual movements of objects continued.
1: I think it's funny that her first thing she did was call the cops.
0: Right? That she calmly me. pushed it back up against the wall, and it moved at her again.
1: Oh, well, I'll call the police. Right? <laughs> I'd call the movers.
0: Next, they invited the news media.
1: Oh. So they should have called the cyclical They research, should
0: have called the cyclical but they research called the media. first. But no, first then they called the media. Their patient waiting was finally rewarded with a host of flying objects, including a pan that hit the photographer on the forehead.
1: Yeah, that poor guy. Yeah. Yeah.
0: See, now this is the point that the Society for Psychical Research was called in. Thus, for the next 13 months, Maurice Gross and Guy Lyon Playfair made extensive observations and kept detailed records of the paranormal phenomena.
1: Sorry, one of the interns is having to scratch her caller
0: They recorded over 2,000 unexplained events. They also tried means such as wiring down a bed to stop the phenomena. In the case of the bed, the wire was broken and the bed moved regardless.
1: Well, you know, and I had also, in, in doing my research of it, had read that there were more instances of activity at this one house than in the Tower of London. Wow. Yeah. So, this place is... I'm sorry, Arch, i got to say it because it warrants a bananas. (laughs) Because it is bananas. We should have that be our rating system. On a scale of one to five bananas, (laughs) this is a five.
0: (laughs) Well, they were continually frustrated in their attempts to photograph or make sound recordings of the phenomena. A medium, Annie Shaw, was brought in to communicate with any possible spirit entity who might be in the house. She suggested that there were several entities feeding off of an energy leakage in the aura of Mrs. Hodgson and one of the children, Janet, who had been especially associated with the unusual happenings. <laughs> I'm
1: sorry, a what?
0: A, a, a leakage where? In the auras.
1: <coughs> an aura leakage. An
0: aura leakage. You might want to get that checked
1: out. Right? How do you? I know a great that? Reiki healer <laughs> that... Well, she was only a couple of years old when this happened. But if it were to happen now, if you feel like you have a leakage in your aura, I have a really great Reiki <laughs> healer that could
0: probably plug that for you. Well, apparently Shaw was good at it too, as she claimed to fix the leakages as the <laughs> phenomena were quelled for a short
1: period. With like what a spiritual ah, dike or what? Awesome. like oh you pop into the aura or what? <laughs> I'm fascinated by this leaky aura thing. <laughs> I don't understand. Oh. <laughs> Alright, she's like, I don't even
0: know what I was talking about I, I had to move my cursor so I wouldn't get lost <laughs> okay. So Shaw fixed the leakages Okay. And the phenomena was quelled for a short period But when they reappeared a few weeks later They reached a new level of violence
1: mm-hmm.
0: Over the next months, Gross and Playfair observed and recorded And gradually focused upon Janet In December of 1977, a voice began to speak through her He claimed to be an old man whose family had once lived in the house In succeeding weeks, Janet levitated on several occasions, was bombarded with objects, and had a pillow stuffed in her mouth. The number of incidents began to decline in the spring of 1978. By this time, several additional psychics had been involved, including Dutch psychic Dono Gemmelig Meiling. He brought to light an outside factor. Gross's involvement with the case was due to his grief reaction to the untimely death of his daughter two years previously.
1: Oh, I never knew that. I knew he was fairly new to the, the research society, but I didn't, I, I didn't know that he it was joined. his own grief. Mm-hmm. that oh, okay.
0: Gross and Playfair went on to write a book, This House is Haunted, in 1980. Two years later, Janet was given a test at Birkbeck College, and to the surprise of all, she was able to move the marker on a weighing machine by a kilogram without even touching it.
1: Oh, okay.
0: So, explanations of the Enfield poltergeist have divided those who accept a paranormal explanation between those who attribute it to a spirit entity and those who attribute it to telekinetic power emanating from Janet. A more skeptical perspective was offered by Anita Gregory, who tried to explain the phenomena away as having been fraudulently produced by the children. Through a number of the incidents do not seem to yield such an analysis. The case remains one of the most spectacular in parapsychological records and widely and hotly criticized as 100% fraudulent.
1: It is one of the most polarizing topics. And because this section of the episode we're re-recording, Archie and I, later in the episode, get into a bit of a debate of, is do we believe this? Do we not believe this? And mm-hmm. um, But I think once... We get through the entire episode, like we see why it's because there are some like, super believable aspects to it, and then there are other aspects that are like, "What? Yeah. kind of weird." Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but like you said, over two thousand instances documented. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it it was almost a revolving door of folks in and out of that house for over a year. So we'll get into all of the specifics of that. I've got a lot of really cool shit, uh, stuff that is super creepy. And as a parent, I really feel for the mother in this case, a single mother, four kids. How do you help your children? How do you help your children? Mm-hmm. Um, now, one of the kids, I believe it was Johnny, one of the kids hardly experienced any activity because he was away at boarding school during the most of this. Mm-hmm. Um But we are going to take a real quick break, and we will be right back with my portion, the haunting portion. So sit tight for us real quick.
0: We'll be right back. History of a Haunting is proud to be a member of the Pod All the Time Podcast Network.
1: Pod All the Time Podcast Network is a community of independent podcasts, just like ours, dedicated to supporting and promoting podcasts.
0: Pod All The Time has really great podcasts in its network, such as A Fresh Look, Another Digital Citizen, Round and Round The Podcast, Raw Sex, Ruck Up.
1: As well as The Creative Intuitive, Real A.K.A. Truth, Random Unnamed Podcast, Three P's Up In A Podcast, Suburban Folk, and I Think We're Doing It. Find them wherever you get your podcasts. And And now, back to the the ghosts. ghosts. Okay, so uh, we are back and let's get into the ghost portion and all of the things specifically that this family encountered. So, my sources for um, my portion were the Psychic Elements website, Mystic Investigations website, Higgy Pop, and actually people.com. People? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Uh, they did a big, uh, fairly in depth article at the release of The Conjuring 2, the movie that's based on this family in their house. So they did a fairly in-depth article about it. So yeah, people.com. Thank you, everybody. All right. Okay. Now um, let's talk for a quick minute about the differences between ghosts, hauntings, and poltergeists. So ghosts are thought to be the spirits of people that have been caught between this plane of existence and the next. Uh, They are intelligent beings, and they're often capable of interacting with the living. So they're essentially what you think of when you hear the word ghost, you know.
0: Like misty figures and all that good stuff.
1: Right, right, yeah. Um, now hauntings are recordings. This is what the Psychic Elements site said. Um, I don't necessarily know as, as I wholly agree with this, but um, hauntings are recordings of an event um, on an environment. Now, it's like a residual. Recording where they don't interact with the living, uh, sort of on a loop, you know, they kind of, the ghost that walks through the wall, because when he was living there, it was a door. So they're just oh, basically okay. doing the same thing over and over again. Um, now, poltergeist, however, the word itself translates to noisy ghost, and that it, that actually refers to its apparent ability to make noise, throw around objects, and other, otherwise disrupt our physical environment, and us. Um, they are said to be able to literally bite, pinch, and otherwise attack or harass their human victims, as well as move, throw, and even break objects. No, oh, wow. Um, it's imp- the distinction is important between these three because this particular location and the, the entities that haunt it, it is known as the Enfield Poltergeist, mm-hmm. not just Haunted House. Gotcha. So... Um, Poltergeists have nothing to do with ghosts or spirits at all. Uh, This is again the Psychic Elements site said that the best way to describe it is active kinetic energy that causes physical disturbances. Um, It makes sense because ghosts are generally unable to break through to the physical realm in the extreme ways that make Poltergeists unique. And as I go through All of the things that this family experienced, you'll see that this is a very different type of haunting than we have talked about up till now in our locations that we've done. Um, Another key difference is that poltergeists aren't typically visible the way ghosts are. So that goes back to what you were saying about how they had a hard time capturing this thing (laughs) on film (laughs) and and stuff. Um, But they don't have any trouble making their presence known regardless. Uh, the mystic investigation site said that poltergeists are extremely angry and violent non corporeal entities who have the power to lash out and physically interact with our environment. Um, so while seeing a ghost is definitely, certainly scary, I've never seen a ghost. Mm -hmm. I've captured them. I've, I've felt them. I've heard them with my own hearing. But I've never actually like seen any sort of apparition or, or anything like that. Gotcha. Um, so seeing a ghost is probably really scary. Uh, but being in a space with a poltergeist, invisible or not, um, is essentially very dangerous. Uh, because they've been known to break objects, injure people, and otherwise wreak havoc in the physical realm. So, now that we have a little breakdown of all of that and specifically what a poltergeist is um let's listen to a situation that happened shortly after the phenomena started occurring in the house and you do mention it in your portion so let's have a quick listen to this let me hear you say my name come on let me hear you say my name for came out of janet who was 12 years old at the time
0: okay because the first couple of barks i'm I'm looking around the room like (laughs) who's barking what is that
1: that's not a bingo square (laughs) don't mark it off that wasn't my dog uh yeah so the poltergeist was um or the entity was barking and and you can hear him like don't squeak the bed. You can hear the bed squeak. You can hear. Anyway, that voice came out of Janet, who was 12 years old at the time. And we'll get back into more things that happened with her and the entity speaking through her in just a, a just a minute. Um, there's a lot of stuff that, that went on in this home, and there's a lot to go through. So I just wanted to start my portion uh, there. So then let's kind of take a look back at how things got to that fucking point. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, So, like you said, the paranormal activity occurred um, very regularly between August 1977 and October 1978. Um, And it did, like you said, it all started in this little home in Enfield, London, on August 30th, 1977, when Peggy Hodgson... Single mother of four children heard loud noises coming from her um, daughter's bedroom. Uh, as you mentioned, she did see the dresser drawer or the children said the dresser moved. She thought they were, you know, bullshitting and you know, go to sleep. Like I feel this mother. Right. <laughs> Enough. Stop. Go to go to bed. Um, okay. It's, now the dresser is actually moving. No, you stop too. Everybody needs to go to fucking bed. <laughs> Um, so when she had, she had gone into the room, she found her girls huddled in the corner and they were terrified. Um, so the, the night of the dresser drawers moving and when she saw it herself and she tried to move it again the second time, it wouldn't budge. They decided to run to the neighbor's house. They were friends with the neighbors. They decided to go to the next door neighbor's house, the Nottinghams. Um, and they asked them for help. They explained what was going on. And Vic, the, the husband, um, he went over to check it out. Uh, now, when he went into the house to investigate, again, this is like 2.30, 3 o'clock in the morning. Oh, wow. Yeah. He too said that he heard strange noises, noises coming from around the home, uh, knocking and just weird, knocking, following him as he made his way through the house. Um, so, as you mentioned, She called the police. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And even though um, one officer saw before they left, the officers went in and they kind of just checked out the house to make sure there was no intruders. Um, Constable Caroline Heaps saw an ordinary kitchen chair, which was near the sofa in the living room, wobble, and then slide about a meter across the room. For Americans, that's about a yard. (laughs) (laughs) Um, however, she could find no reason for the chair to move. There were no wires, no strings, nothing hidden under the cushion. She said she even put a marble on the floor to see if the floor was like, maybe not level. Didn't roll anywhere. It didn't do anything. Um, so the floor was not sloped. Um, marble didn't go anywhere. However, Constable Caroline Heaps did file a police report stating what, that she had seen what I just mentioned. Um, so we actually will put video of her statements, um, to a local reporter up on our website because she actually goes with her partner on camera to explain what she saw. Oh, wow. Yeah. So uh, there's a lot of stuff like this in this case where very, very credible witnesses Mm -hmm. have Mm -hmm. seen things going on. So it, it, I see why this is, um, very polarizing, in the community, as far is it is it fraudulent? Is it legit? I mean, this is a police officer. You know what I mean? She right, filed a natural right, right. report, like the whole bit. So eventually, as you had mentioned, the mother Peggy, she had nowhere else to turn. There was nothing. That the police couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the priest and and they were like sorry about my bigger. Sorry about it. So she did contact the local paper, the Daily Mirror, um, hoping that they might be able to actually put her in touch with somebody who could help. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, they were like, send some reporters and fucking shit over there. Right. This sounds too good to be true. So they did send a reporter, Douglas, and a photographer, Graham, over to the house. Now these two would become, as it goes on, constant visitors to the house. This house basically had a revolving door of people in it for the next little over a year. Wow. Um, and Douglas and Graham were the first two to. Go go over there and check stuff out. So the two spent their first night in the house by themselves. The Hodges, the Hodgsons were next door with the Nottinghams, and they had no activity. So there was no noises, there was no knocking, there was nothing. So they um, went next door and they let the family go back home and said, "It's fine. There's there's nothing going on here. you you can come back." Mm-hmm. Um, this is again about two thirty in the morning. So, everybody goes back into the house, and as soon as they were there, I mean, everybody, that was uh, the mother and her children, um, which, by the way, in this story, she has four children, but one of them was away at boarding school during most of this. So, he's very, he witnessed very little of the activity. It was mainly the other three.
0: Okay. All right.
1: Yeah. Um, But... They all go back over there, including the reporter and the photographer, and they're kind of walking through the house when all of a sudden, toys start flying all over the living room. Uh, marbles, Legos, just being thrown everywhere. Uh, the two reporters, or the reporter and the photographer, witnessed this craziness, and the photographer was even hit in the head with a Lego brick.
0: Oh, see, and I had a frying
1: pan that was a different instance oh it was it was endless Oh wow! Um, in this one uh, he was hit in the head with a lego brick which Archie you and I both know that that is some ninth circle evil right there like getting legos involved I mean anything is better than that this poltergeist is a fucking dick straight out of the depths of hell <laughs> that, there was no, there, it, that was not called for. <laughs> so anyway, um, within that same week, uh, the paper ended up contacting the Society for Psychical Research. And as you mentioned, they sent over one of their newer researchers, Maurice Gross. Now, during his initial days, he also witnessed furniture moving, loud crashes upstairs, etc. He actually suggested that the mom, Peggy, start keeping a diary of every event that occurred. Uh, he personally would go on to witness and document, like you said, over 2,000 different incidents in this one house. Mm-hmm. Um, so by now, the Daily Mirror, who sent the reporter and the photographer over and contacted this Society for Psychical Research... They had run a front page story about the house and Peggy had given interviews on radio shows alongside Maurice gross. Um, So more reporters would end up showing up the house um, and they would also witness activity during their time, there: furniture moving, knocking sounds, beds shaking. Like I said, it was a revolving door of people for over a year, everybody having experiences. And these are credible people. You know what I mean? So it's, it's interesting. Um, So anyway, on September 12th, 1977, about three weeks after all of this began, um, another member of the Society for Psychical Research, Guy Lyon Playfair, started doing investigations at the house. He would actually go on to conduct 180 visits to the house, 25 25 of them being overnight investigations. Pause for a sip because I'm talking a lot. So he would... Experience furniture turning over, cups filled with water, um, and I just furniture turning over, and I guess cups filled with water being spilled, not just cups randomly filling with water. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> fires igniting, voices levitation. Janet recalled um, when she was talking to ITV years later about one of his visits there. That the most frightening thing was when a curtain that she was sitting on the couch and, and the curtain would wrapped itself around her neck. Wow! And everybody witnessed it. Um, it. This is not the only instance of when that would happen. It would be, go on to be documented that that happened to her eight times. Wow! Yes. Holy shit! So, um, a bit later, the family had been run out of the house again. Also. Why are you still there?
0: No shit.
1: Like, why are you still there? Why? But I guess single mom and the seventy. like, like I get it. I get it, but still. Um, so they went to stay with Peggy's brother, John and his wife, Sylvia. So one evening, Sylvia witnessed a child's toy appear in front of her face and drop to the ground. She was in the kitchen. So what this indicated to all of the researchers and everybody there was that the poltergeist was able to follow the family. Nope. Wow. Here's your hat. What's your hurry? Sorry about your troubles. Get the fuck out of my house and take your poltergeist with you. <laughs> I know your family, but damn. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Okay. So by November, the poltergeist started communicating with the family through the question game using a series of knocks once for no and twice for yes. So Maurice Gross first tested it out by asking it, can you tell me what five plus five is? And we heard, and when he heard the correct number of knocks, which is 14, kidding, <laughs> bad at math, that was a joke, about that, bad at math. When he heard 10 knocks, one, two, three, 10 knocks, uh, <laughs> he would move on to more specific questions like, did you die in this house? Once he did that, though, The spirit got a bit fed up and hucked a box of pillows at his head. Jeez, God.
0: Box of pillows, oh no.
1: I don't care. If somebody's going to huck something at my head, I don't care if it's pillows or feathers or bricks or, like, all I did was ask if you died here, testy, testy. (laughs) Don't nobody ask Archie's ghost if it died somewhere because he's going to be like, I'm just going to throw this box of pillows at your head and it's not going to be any big fucking deal. Violence is violence, Archie. (laughs) Fair enough. enough. (laughs) Um, A couple weeks after this, Janet, who had just celebrated her 12th birthday, was pushed out of her bed at 5 a.m.
0: Get up, bitch.
1: Right? Fuck you. I'm sleeping. And I'm 12. Uh, Followed by her mattress, also being shoved (laughs) out of, of the box spring that landed on top of her. The mom at that point decided to try and talk to the entity and ask it to leave her a message and left um, pens and papers around the house. A little bit later, she found a note on the refrigerator that read, I will stay in this house. Do not read this to anyone or I will retaliate. Kind of wordy for a (laughs) spirit, but all right. I mean, it takes a lot of energy for them to manifest any sort of anything. Speaking showing themselves, so the fact that they were able to write a note that was that's kind of long.
0: Yeah, yeah. Got it. I, I will reserve judgment.
1: Mm-mm. Say it.
0: Sounds like we're debunking this as we go along.
1: <laughs> <sighs> I, I think, like, I see both sides of it, because I feel like we're debunking it, but at the same time, we're also proving it. These are credible people that are witnessing these events it's sure. let me let me go there's yeah. way there's yeah, a lot more.
0: Got like
1: eight more pages i have yeah a, a a tiny bit so anyway there were other occasions when janet would be found sleeping in super weird and awkward places um her uncle john who i guess they decided to go stay with them instead of having them bring the entity to their house john and his <laughs> wife the brother the uncle uh he actually found <laughs> this is bizarre He actually found Janet asleep once on top of a radio, which was on top of a chest of drawers. So she couldn't have just climbed up there on her own because by this point, the child was so, um, affected by what was ever in this house that she couldn't sleep at night. So she, that night that he found her asleep on top of the radio, they put her to bed, having given her 10 milligrams of Valium. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So there was no way that she could have, in that state, after her mother put her to bed asleep, gotten up on this radio on this chest of drawers. Mm, mm -hmm. I mean, she was she even knocked the fuck out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So another couple of times, she had been found asleep under her bed, and more episodes of her being tossed out of bed along with her mattress did occur. And she shared a room with her sister. So the sister witnessed this, they would go in, and I mean... There was just no peace to be had. Yeah. There's just no peace to be had. Um, One insane night, her mother saw Janet's bedroom door open, and Maurice Gross watched as Janet, dead to the world asleep on Valium again, was sliding down the stairs head first and not waking up.
0: Well, no, the Valium.
1: Yeah, but you would think even that, like, you would think that even being, you know, falling down stairs, but she wasn't falling down. Them, she was sliding down them. It was, yeah, it's all very, very creepy as fuck. So as you had mentioned, uh, pretty soon psychics and mediums started coming to the house and Janet began began going into trance-like states and doing like automatic writing and drawing. Do you know what that is?
0: I have a pretty good idea.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it's basically uh, an entity kind of possesses you and then you go into this trance-like state and then you do this automatic writing, which is essentially the entity or ghost or whatever, using your body to write or communicate. So I suppose it's entirely um, likely that the note that the mom found on the fridge, maybe that was some automatic writing done by one of the kids in the house. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I, okay. Yeah. I mean, maybe that was something. Um, anyway, so she started doing this automatic writing and drawing. She would usually draw pictures that involved blood, death, and knives, which would terrify me to my soul if my 12 year old was drawing pictures right, like right, this right. and you knew that it wasn't your child. That, that had to be such a helpless feeling for this mother that you can't protect your child from that. I, I don't know. The whole, the whole story is very disturbing to me, but also so fucking fascinating because I'm twisted. Yes. <laughs> so, twisted. so anyway, um, <laughs> after she would draw these pictures, she would have no memory of it afterward. Let's get into the voices. The voices. The voices. In December, 1977, This is when that first recording that I just played took place. Um, It was about this time that these voices began, and they did begin speaking through 12-year-old Janet. Uh, The young girl would often go, again, into a trance-like state, and at first she would bark like a dog and whistle, which we just heard, but she would speak in a deep, scratchy voice and claim to be the man, or I'm sorry, claim to be the ghost of a man named Bill I want you to tell me whether you remember what happened to you when you died, just before you died and just after. hear it again what
0: the fuck was that so it's
1: it's it's a recording from the 1970s first
0: okay all right
1: (laughs) second it is a older man's voice so it's very gruff and gravelly okay and it is in a british accent (laughs) so we've got a lot of things going (laughs) against us trying to figure out what he's saying but Essentially, what he says is he lived in the house. He died in the house. That he fell asleep in the chair downstairs in the living room. He uh, had a, he had a hemorrhage and he died in the house.
0: Oh, okay,
1: is what he says. So it was later proven, and by later I mean nineteen ninety six, that this Bill Wilkins, they found his son, and the son did prove that. He once was a resident of the home and he did in fact die while sitting in the living room. Um, So once this Bill Wilkins got comfortable speaking through Janet, he would do it all the fucking time. He would speak to them and answer their questions for hours at a time.
0: Holy shit.
1: Yes. So there is a guy, there is a website that I I found and I didn't, um, I didn't, Mark it down as one of my sources, just because I'm, this is the only part of it that I'm really using from it. I didn't get a lot of my information from it, mm-hmm. but this guy did a bunch of deep, deep research into Bill Wilkins. He did find, and I probably should have cited him. Sorry, dude, who did this? I probably should have cited him. <laughs> anyway, he researches, um, he did research the electoral rolls, and he found that a man named Bill and his wife did live at this address, Wilkins. And that the man did die in the home, but of a coronary thrombosis, not a hemorrhage. Now, the difference between what Bill said he died of, a hemorrhage, and what he actually died of, a thrombosis, is that a thrombus is a blood clot, and um, a hemorrhage typically happens when an an, an aneurysm ruptures.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Well All right. So... The conclusion of the man in this article was that, yes, uh, the man lived there, and he did live. uh, In in the recording, Bill talks about a cemetery that he came from, which wasn't the exact cemetery he was buried in. It was one next to it. Hmm. Uh, He also criticizes the fact that Bill said he died of a hemorrhage, and really he died of a thrombosis. I'm sorry.
0: How much medical terminology experience? to either of these people
1: <laughs> exactly like are you really gonna fucking split hairs with a man who said I went blind I fell asleep in a chair I had a hemorrhage and I died are you really gonna be like mm, no you didn't what no, you I had was really. a thrombosis yeah <laughs> and a thrombosis is a blood clot so obviously this whole fucking story is made up because you said hemorrhage and not thrombosis oh
0: god okay
1: you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, let's
0: Exactly. They're
1: They're it's started, it's kind of stupid. Yeah. If Yeah. Anyway, um that was Bill. Now, other super weirdness that happened in the house, um one day a thing happened that provided the most compelling evidence to a lot of the people that witnessed it and it was actually corroborated by two witnesses outside of the home. So not only the researchers in the house, the family, uh, everybody else, but also witnesses outside the home. Okay. Um, David Robertson was, you know what? He was just another one of these guys parading through the house. Like I said, it was a revolving door of right. reporters okay. and researchers and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so he was sat, he was sitting outside the girl's bedroom while automatic cameras were set up inside the room. Now, David was trying to encourage Janet to levitate because like you said, they, they were testing her for all kinds of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, is it physical? Is it mental? Is it is it is it spiritual? So he was trying to test to see if she could levitate. So uh, he asked her to start with objects, including pillows and books. And then things started moving around the room. And these automatic cameras clicked on. Oh, wow. Now, one red cushion even ended up on the roof of the house.
0: Like out the window? Out
1: the window on the roof. Wow. Yes. Uh, The investigator said it couldn't have been thrown out of the window as the window was hard to open. Right. That's why I was like, kind of sounds fishy. Yeah, yeah. There's something... Rotten in the state we, of Denmark. We need to uh, be able
0: to vocalize our facial expressions. We really do.
1: <laughs> we really do. Uh, both of us were like, mm, "That doesn't smell the right." What? <laughs> uh, the poltergeist said through Janet that David was not allowed into the room to witness, but the poltergeist apparently didn't figure people passing by on the street. Oh. So oh. Hazel Short. Which uh, was a crossing guard for the school that was right across the street. And fun fact, do you know what they call crossing guards in England? Oh, probably something absurd. Probably. You will never get it. No,
0: I never will. You will
1: never get it. They call them lollipop ladies.
0: Lollipop ladies. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. I love how literal.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's very Delicious. Mary poppins and I love it. <laughs> Um, anyway, so she was a crossing guard from school across the way. She said that ele- at 11.45, she was returning to work um, from her lunchtime shift when she noticed a red cushion on the roof of number 284. While she was looking up at the house, she heard a bang and saw a book hit the front bedroom window. She also said that she saw a pillow fly across the room. All These right, things are so, innocuous. So, so the pillow made it out by the book. Yes, and what's weird is that the window was hard to open, So, but the only one in the room was Janet. So here we are back in that gray fucking area. Oh, shit. Yeah. Um, Anyway, however, Hazel Short, the lollipop lady, she watched this and other things get tossed around the room for a bit, and then she saw Janet. She watched Janet appear to levitate inside the bedroom window and she described it as quote, she was quote, going up and down as though someone was just tossing her up and down bodily in a horizontal position, like as if someone had got a hold of her legs and arms and was throwing her up and down. Oh, okay. Okay. Does that, can you picture that? Well, uh, yeah, Kind of like, you know, how you would take a kid and throw him into the pool. Like, you had Koi's arms and I had his legs and we were doing that, but we were doing it up and down instead of side to side. Like that. Okay. Um, A local tradesman who was named John Rainbow was also passing by the house that morning and he too saw Janet floating around her bedroom and said he even saw her banging against the window. Now, here's the thing with what Hazel saw is that they were like, well she was probably just jumping on her bed. Right. And she said, I thought that too, except that she wasn't raising up. She's like, I don't know if there was a bed underneath that window. She's never been in the house, but Janet was, she's like, if she was jumping up and down on her bed, wouldn't she be jumping up and down on the bed from her feet? Yeah. Like you jump on a bed.
0: If She was laying flat.
1: Exactly. This, she was on her back. She was like, and I don't, can anybody get that high of a bounce repeatedly off their back on a bed? It's a good fucking point. Can you? Well, to clear a window?
0: I mean, if you're in the right mood.
1: <laughs> We're talking about 12 year old girl here, <laughs> oh, Art. Yeah, keep it clean. <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> Think about it. Like, she yeah. makes a really good fucking point.
0: Well, and the only pictures that I saw of Janet's quote unquote levitation look like she's jumping she off the bed like she's jumping
1: off the bed right so i don't know i mean you know I, I i buy it i think i think it happened i think it happened um anyway people had also witnessed objects like microphones and tape recorders go missing at one point families to goldfish were found dead oh. inexplicably um, and Bill, again through Janet, Bill Wilkins, again through Janet, said, I done that. And that he had electrocuted them with spirit energy. Dick.
0: Well, Bill, yeah, Bill sounds like a complete asshole.
1: Yes. I mean,
0: if you died, if you were murdered or bludgeoned or anything. Like I like get that, it. Yeah, fine. You have every right to be angry. You died from a hemorrhage.
1: Fucking rude
0: fucking rude don't he kill the family's pets get over it leave the house you're done
1: but it's he's not the only one there like you said there's multiple ones there Ugh. he just happened to die there and is like this is my house bitch Ugh, an asshole. i know but still he said that he killed their fish and he electrocuted them through spirit energy, spirit energy. anyway Ooh. so the day the fish died maurice gross did this interesting little experiment with janet if he were to do that, if he were to do what he did then, if he were to do it today, he'd be in jail for a gazillion years. Oh
0: God,
1: so as know? would I, if I were to allow somebody to do this to my child. But here's what he did. Oh God, the day ready. the fish died, Maurice filled Janet's mouth with water and taped it shut. He then asked Bill to repeat phrases that are notoriously difficult for ventriloquists to say, like bottle of beer, According to the researchers who witnessed it and recorded it, the water and tape didn't seem to affect the voice's clarity.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Mm-hmm. All
0: right.
1: Yeah. But at the same time, like I was reading that and I'm like, not a motherfucker is gonna put my child's mouth with water at the tape it shut. Choke <laughs> on that, dra like just swallow it. Yeah, I... still. You know, I, if somebody were to do that in 2019, I, 2020, arrested and to jail, you go for 15 I, fucking years. You
0: know, the more I hear about this, I, I I feel like I really want to call bullshit
1: on- On the story? On, the, on, on all of it. On all of what? Like our podcast? Because I think I need to find a new host if you're not buying into any of this shit. <laughs> no,
0: no. This
1: story- This particular and, story. Yeah.
0: And just, okay.
1: Well, all, that's your call. All
0: of the everything. Eh,
1: that's but, your call. Right. I buy it um two days later on christmas the family's pet bird was also found dead however bill did not claim responsibility for this one um however later in the day janet was sitting by the living room window and one of the curtains wrapped itself around her neck again this was not new like i said earlier it was documented to have happened to her eight times during the case right
0: right as you said yeah at this point it's just like no get off me
1: Right, and you want to brush away? It's like no, fuck off! It's really hot in here. Could you not do that? <laughs> um, now on Peggy's birthday, the mom's birthday, the oldest daughter Margaret, God, this is disgusting.
0: Oh, more serious face.
1: Yeah, found the word "shit" smeared on the bathroom wall in shit. So I guess the ghost of a drunk frat boy has now shown <laughs> <China>. up. <laughs> <laughs> Snort. Do it. Snort. snort. Do it. Bingo square. Not happening. Do it. Nope.
0: No bingo
1: square today. Um, Apparitions of a man dressed in earlier decades clothing clothing were often seen. Uh, During the spring of 1978, the researchers and investigators gave the family some space for about a month and asked the mom, Peggy, to keep a journal of any occurrences. Now, when they returned, they were, I don't know why stunned to see she had logged 155 instances <laughs> yeah. and the new, um, also, um, instances are 155 instances of activity and the new development of an outbreak of small, spontaneous fires, which small we just had our own spontaneous fire. fire a couple of days ago. That was fucking terrifying, but we knew the cause of that. If they were just to appear around my house, I'd probably fucking freak out.
0: What? Yeah. What happened here? What? You know, the microwave. Oh, but you said that. I didn't hear any explanation. Granted, I didn't ask, but are you guys like setting fire in your microwave? We are.
1: It was a glitch. It's a brand new microwave and um, there was something that was a glitch in it. Something
0: walking with the sensor?
1: Yes. And it it just, it created too much heat on the thing we were cooking and just flames. And my mom happened to notice it like right away. So we came in and. But it smelled like a fucking campfire in here for two days. <laughs> anyway. Okay. I live in an apartment, and so everything was completely covered, and GE came yesterday and fixed it all, and it was great. Nice. Yeah. Um, where am I? Fires. Ah, okay. Here's where Ed and Lorraine Warren come in. Now, in May of 1978, they contacted Maurice and said they'd taken an interest in the case and had been monitoring the situation from the states. Um in total, they made three personal visits to the house. Now, the movie, The Conjuring 2, have you seen it, Arch? No. Boom, there it is. There's Bingo square. square. <laughs> I literally just pointed at him like, I know the answer. Go ahead and say it for the listeners. Um, That's why
0: you get no snort laugh.
1: <laughs> I'll get it. I'll oh, get it. Fuck. Uh, so, anyway, the movie portrayed them as having a having much more involvement than they actually did. Uh, they really weren't a part of it at all. Um, now, the same month, a full-blown, check this out, Enfield Investigation Committee was formed.
0: A committee. An
1: actual official committee was formed, and they essentially did everything committees do. Like, they were committed and they wrote reports and they met and they never really
0: accomplished anything.
1: Investigate. I, I, <laughs> they investigated as, as and maybe do. they got donation. I'm not really sure. Um, but it, <laughs> yeah, the official Enfield investigation committee was formed. Um, there was one situation that the girls, Janet and Margaret, uh, they got into an argument with their, their neighbor uh the, Neighbor kids across the fence, um, because the kids were making fun of them, and I guess they were subject to bullying.
0: Yeah,
1: at school, all of the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, After
0: they went to the media, I'm sure.
1: Right, and it was it became this huge huge thing. Anyway, yes. so the girls got into an argument with the neighbor kids over the fence who were making fun of them, and then the neighbor kids started throwing rocks over the fence at them. Um, so they started throwing rocks back, and they were in this big like. You suck. You're faking it. No, we're not. Kind of a child fight. Right. When all of a sudden, the man that owned the home, across the neighbors came up around the fence and was like, why are you throwing rocks at me? And they were like, your kids were starting it and they were, you know how kids are. And he's like, I don't have kids. He was just in his backyard. So it was this two-way thing where they thought these kids were picking a fight with them he thought these; it was just oh, him, wow. and nobody was throwing rocks, but rocks were being thrown. So he gets pissed and is going over to talk to them and their mother. Wow. But it wasn't any; it wasn't anything like either one of them thought. It was kind of crazy. <laughs> so, oops. By the summer in July, it was agreed by all to send Janet to Maudsley's Institute of Neuropsychology in South London. Um, they performed numerous psychological and physical tests on her to see if there was a medical reason for the things going on with her, like you had mentioned. But this was earlier. Yours happened two years after the occurrences slowed down. Oh.
0: Okay. This
1: was during the height of it. Because I've
0: been looking at my notes like, I don't have that.
1: Where is that? Yeah, yours, yeah. What you mentioned happened two years after the events slowed down and everything kind of... Okay. Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: This happened to, during the height of it. Um, so... Uh, her, I think it was Maurice and her mom a couple of folks went to go visit her at this um, institute and they were asked they asked her rather why she thought the poltergeist had left her alone at this place Janet said quote the power can't build up because there's no one else to help build it up which makes Just
0: implicating her mother and her siblings
1: exactly there's nobody else there, and since she was the main focus of it, and she was separated and removed from it, she was getting a little bit of peace. Interesting. And it is interesting. Um, she was given a clean bill of health and discharged to go home six weeks later. So they really were checking this girl. They, I mean, six weeks. Wow. Yeah. Um, so she was. Since she was allowed to go home, however. <laughs> Within 30 minutes of being home, she saw the apparition of a little boy in the kitchen. And I have it in here in my notes, insert fed up table throwing meme here. You know that stick (laughs) figure guy that's like, fuck it, and the table (laughs) stops. That's what I put there. So now in October of 1978, and I'm going to ask you for your help on pronouncing the Dutch medium's name, Dono Gmelig Meiling.
0: Sounds pretty
1: good. Cool. Okay, so in 1978, Dono Gmelig Meiling, a Dutch medium, healed the house. He was recommended to Guy Playfair, um, and like I said, he was a Dutch medium. He came in with a dramatic flourish, sages, gongs, robes, crystals, paraded around the house chanting, saging, and gonging for hours, and ended the entire ordeal right then and there. (laughs) I'm just kidding. He didn't do any of that. He literally did not do any of that. Oh, my God. I just...
0: Your body language was amazing. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Uh, He, what he did was he went up to one of the bedrooms on his own, came down after a bit of time and implied that was it. Uh, Guy Playfair said the quote, after he left, things definitely calmed down and no one is quite sure what he did. Which is why I was like, I need to make some shit up because that's fucking boring.
0: (laughs) He shit in the closet.
1: He shit in the closet, (laughs) sprinkled some sage Beat a gong. I no. I yeah. I So I like to be dramatic, and I thought what I said he did was much better. Anyway, um, one year later, in October 1979, the phenomenon was still much more quiet since the Dutch medium's visit, and even more so after a priest finally came to bless the house oh in God. autumn of 1979. So over oh, yeah. a year, All the dirty work's done. I'll come clean. Credit. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah. Thank you, priest. For, you know, just sort of... Not a damn thing. Just making sure that band-aid was on tight. Kind of a situation. <laughs> anyway, Janet said that after the blessing, um, the incidents did quiet down, but they never stopped entirely while the family were living in the house. So...
0: Did they ever fucking move out?
1: They never did. And I am going to end my portion with fun facts. Are you oh, ready? Oh, yes. Are you ready? Let's have some fun facts about the case. Fun facts. Oh, here we go. We love a good fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> it all started with a Ouija board.
0: Oh, God, of course it did.
1: Mm-hmm. The sisters, years later and now grown ups, admitted they'd played with one of their friends' Ouija boards sometime before they moved to the Green Street house, and they fully believe that this is what started the activity. As do I. <sighs> As do I. Don't fuck with Don't a Ouija board. Don't
0: fuck with a Ouija
1: board. No. I'll bring a spirit box into this house, Archie. I will bring an EVP recorder and an EMF detector, but I will never bring a Ouija board into this house. That you know of. How do you not bring... How do you bring a Ouija board into your house and you don't know what it is? Unless you're fucking bringing it in. When
0: people help you move.
1: You wouldn't. I wouldn't, (laughs) no. Chicken shit. Don't listen to him. Oh,
0: that sounds like a dare. (laughs) I might.
1: (laughs) No! Don't, that's mean. I hate... Demons, And you should, too. I should. <laughs> Great. That's another podcast. Uh, that's <laughs> therapy true. for the masses. That's
0: another therapy session. Yeah. Podcast.
1: <laughs> uh, next fun fact is that Margaret and Janet did both admit years later that about two of the two percent of the activity was faked by them um, because they were kids. And they had been going through this insanity every single day, every single night, uh, with with people in their homes at all the time, all hours of the day and night, and they just wanted to have a little fun with it for once. And really, you can't fucking blame them.
0: Yeah. You can't blame yeah, them. Yeah, but you can. No, you can't. They took it way too far. How do you know? If they were indeed, since they admitted to it, they took it.
1: 2% of the activity over 2,000 cases? I'm bad at math. You tell me what 2% of 2,000 is. 40. There you go. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I believe it. Um, anyway, the mother, Peggy, lived in the house until her death in 2003.
0: What the fuck?
1: Yes. The next family that lived there stayed for just two months. Experienced the activity and were like, the place is yours. Rent is due on the 1st. Fucking buy. Yeah. They bailed yeah. out.
0: Yeah, see, they were smart about it. You can find other locales housing.
1: Sure, you know but they cost. experienced activity that ran them out after two months. So there's that. Okay. Now, the film The Conjuring Two, which Archie has, survey says, not seen. The Conjuring Two <laughs> is based on the Enfield poltergeist and was directed by James Juan of Saw fame, uh, which by the way, he and Lee Winnell were brilliant with the first two Saw movies. Oh. I love them. They are my top, they are in my top five horror movies of all time. Okay. Absolutely brilliant. Glad you You'll trust that me. You'll trust me.
0: Qualified that with the horror genre.
1: Horror, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was the both of those movies were Horrific, and they were mind fucks, which made them even scarier. They were brilliant. So James Wan directed um, the Conjuring Two, which is what the uh, based on the Enfield Poltergeist. It was released in June of 2016, and it grossed 320 million dollars. Yes. And my personal favorite fun fact. I'm wrapping the show up. I'm wrapping my portion up with this fun fact because I love it so much.
0: This is gonna be your mind blowing.
1: I think it will. If you've seen the movie, because now I'm like, fuck, maybe he hasn't seen this movie either. <laughs> but I think you have. And if you haven't, everybody message him and tell him what a dorky is. Rude. Okay, here we go. Gozer the Gozerian, or Gozer the Destructor. Do you know who that is?
0: There is no Dana only Yes.
1: That is it. That's my boy. Yes. I knew he wouldn't let me down. (laughs) So in Guy Playfair's book, This House is Haunted, he mentioned a time when a psychic medium came to the house with her husband and performed a seance with him and two of the family members. Her husband started with a prayer when the wife suddenly cried out, go away. He tried to tell the spirit to go away, and then she began to wail, gozer, gozer, help me. Now, given the publicity of the case internationally, Dan Aykroyd came across it and this story at the same time that he and Harold Ramis were writing the script for Ghostbusters. Oh, wow. So he incorporated the name into the script.
0: Wow. Yes. Wow. Okay. Yes. That's awesome.
1: So it actually uh, let Sigourney Weaver be once again sexy and creepy as fuck at the same time since Alien. And that, that is what I have for the Enfield Poltergeist. That's amazing. Yes. Thank you. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, I know you don't buy it. I, I do. I buy, well, I buy parts of it.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> I definitely think that Bill uh, was in the house. Um, it's been proven that he died there.
0: Right.
1: Um, there were a lot. There were. Oh, God, man. Uh, it could have. My research was nine, ten pages. And yeah. I'm like, this is way too goddamn long. Um, but there was a lot of testing that they put this child, this Janet through, mm-hmm. um, because you know, you can throw your voice and you can do this and you can do that.
0: And, and I read, I did read that she gave an interview much later on, somewhat reasonably, reasonably, recently,
1: <laughs> probably with the release of the movie.
0: Um, I I think with like a talk show, yeah, show or whatnot, yeah, for sure. And she was just very timid and very, yeah, restrained Mm -hmm. and just. I mean, granted, had something like that happen to you when you were twelve, and it really fucked you up. You're not gonna want to talk about it for fear of bringing that
1: shit back, right? And I mean, it's unfortunate. I mean, they admitted that they did fake some of the instances, Um, and that actually is depicted in the movie, in The Conjuring Two. They catch her, I mean, and and some of the stuff that they faked, they did catch the kids, like, bending spoons and and things like that to just kind of...
0: Before she got real.
1: No, No. during the whole, like, the worst of it. And if you think about it, like, I don't know. I, I don't honestly blame them. They were children. But there are just some things that I don't think are just easily explained away. And, um... It's a it's an interesting case, like it's an interesting case, and like you said, it's mm. a hotly debated Very case. Hotly. Look at us; you were like, mm, I don't buy it, and I'm like, fuck you, I do. Kind of <laughs> it, like it's just a fucking podcast. Yeah, yeah. So I can see how it's extremely polarizing in the community, but it's one of my favorites. Um, the Conjuring, uh, trilo- not tr- trilogy. It's based on Ed and Lorraine Warren's um, experiences with. Fuck, I can't remember the first case that the original Conjuring is about. Oh, 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 the Perone family. The Haunting in Connecticut, I believe, I think. Listeners, let me know if I'm wrong. But I think the first Conjuring is about that family in the Haunting in Connecticut. <laughs> the second Conjuring is about the Enfield Poltergeist. And then there is the Nun. The Nun, the Nun was, the Nun was pretty scary. The Farmiga girls, Vera Farmiga and Thaisa Farmiga. Those girls love themselves a the scary show. Vera Farmiga plays uh, Lorraine Warren in these movies. Thaisa Farmiga, her little sister, plays in a lot of the American horror stories. And she was in The Nun. Um, Did you
0: hear my, Our
1: listeners will understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> and we will all sip our wine and just kind of side-eye Archie in judgment.
0: Well, that's because I don't have any wine.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, she's... there you Thank go you. you're cheers. welcome cheers clink bingo square <laughs> um, so anyway yeah that uh, that was Enfield Poltergeist and it was a lot of fun to do it was a lot of it was a lot of work I'm this higgy pop website that I found most of my stuff on actually did a month by month timeline.
0: Oh wow. Mm-hmm. Of all two thousand plus
1: Yes. No 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 no. It just oh, every oh. month, like this is what happened in this month, then this month, then this oh, month, then this okay. month. No. I was gonna say um, holy fucking shit. <laughs> yeah. But uh I I definitely believe in those recordings that we played. I think that it's I don't know, it's 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 just one of those situations that you hope never fucking happens to you. Um, and I think maybe that might be a big part of the reason why people are easily like, it's bullshit. It's all fraud. It's bullshit. Mm -hmm. Um, because the idea of something like that actually happening in your home is terrifying or happening to your children is terrifying. Um, there is another video of Janet speaking like Bill, it's a video on YouTube, and you can find it. We're gonna put it on our website. But her sister also. There are moments where Margaret actually another entity talks through her. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. It's a um. It was a it was a whole big thing, and it's something that is still like you said talked about and popular today. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that is uh, it for Enfield. Okay. Yeah. So let us know guys. What are your thoughts? Do you buy it? Do you not buy it? Do you think it's a bunch of bullshit? Do you think we should get more apple moonshine? I mean, talk to <laughs> us, let us know. We have a new website. It is hoahpodcast.com. We have a new Patreon and that is patreon.com slash hoahpodcast. Everything is hoahpodcast. So please follow Facebook, us on Facebook,
0: Twitter, mm-hmm. Instagram, all of it.
1: All of it. Um, We are very, very proud to have partnered with the Pod All the Time Podcast Network. And as always... Our episodes are always brought to you by Love Heals Rescue. So please sit tight and listen, please, to this ad for Love Heals Rescue. Oh,
0: no dog interruptions.
1: This episode. Oh, I guess that's a bingo square that doesn't, have get, doesn't get marked. Dang. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. We have a super fucking famous location to bring you next week.
0: All right. Thanks, everybody.
1: Bye. Bye.
0: Love Heels Rescue is a nonprofit organization that believes every dog in need deserves a second chance at a new life.
1: Love Heels wants to partner with the community to help as many dogs as possible find loving homes while also helping dogs in need in the area, such as providing a last litter program where the mother dog is fixed and returned or adopted, and all of the puppies are fixed, examined by a vet, microchipped, and adopted out to help with the overpopulation of dogs in the area.
0: Love Heals Rescue cannot continue to help the community without a dedicated foster network.
1: Please consider becoming a foster. You can find them on Facebook by searching Love Heals Rescue. Help Help us us be be a part of of the solution.